0: section thirteen of birds and all nature volume seven number one january nineteen hundred recorded for librivox by betty b bird notes ann wakely jackson during the late autumn days when the summer chorus has dispersed and only a few winter soloists remain to cheer us one is more than ever impressed by the wonderful carrying power of bird notes many of these notes are not at all loud and yet we hear them very distinctly at a comparatively long distance from their source the ear that is trained to listen will distinguish a bird's note above a great variety of loud and distracting noises this is due not to the loudness of the note but to the quality of its tone we all know by experience though few of us alas profit by it that when we wish to make ourselves heard it is not always necessary to raise our voices but only to use a different quality of tone thus some singers when you hear them in a small room seem to completely fill it with sound while if they sing in a large hall they can scarcely be heard at all beyond a certain distance their voices lack carrying power and their notes apparently escaped almost directly after leaving their mouths it is this carrying quality which can be cultivated to a large extent in the human voice that we find in bird notes they produce their notes in a perfectly natural way they do not like us have to be trained and taught to sing naturally i believe that nearly every human voice has some sweet or agreeable quality in it if the owner would but use that part instead of inflicting the harsh or strident or shrill part upon the unfortunate listener what a musical world we should live in no discordant voices think of it to go back to the birds here is an example of the penetrating quality of tone they possess one morning i was busily engaged in the back part of the house when my ear caught the sound of a bird's note and i determined to follow it up it led me to the front part of the house out of the front door down the walk across the street and into a neighbor's yard where i found my caller, a white-breasted nuthatch carefully searching the bark of a tall soft maple his note did not sound particularly loud when i stood there near him yet i had heard it with perfect distinctness in the rear of the house what a penetrating quality there is in the high faint squeaking of the brown creeper and in the metallic pip of the hairy woodpecker the birds could teach us many a lesson on voice production if we would but listen to them the person who has never learned to listen misses much of the beauty of life for him that hath ears to hear when he goes abroad the air is full of subtle music not merely the music of the birds but other voices of nature as well the wind in the trees the rustle of leaves the unthinking person walks along the street seeing nothing hearing nothing what does he miss many things he misses yon tall tree which suggests such strength such enduring majesty he misses the beautiful leaf that lies in his path a marvel of exquisitely blended coloring he misses the delicate tracery of slender twigs and branches with their background of blue sky or gray cloud he misses the voices of his feathered friends, who would gladly cheer him on his way. If he thinks of nature at all, he is apt to think her beauties have departed with the summer. Not so. If you love nature, she will never withhold some part of her beauty from you, no matter how cold or windy or rainy the day may be. If you see no beauty, it is not because it is entirely lacking, but because you are blind to it. The love of nature is a great gift, a gift that is within the reach of all of us. Let us then cultivate this gift, and we shall find beauty and harmony and peace, such as we never dreamed of before. Our lives will become better and nobler for the contact with nature, and we shall be brought into a closer understanding of nature's God. End of Section 13 This recording is in the Public Domain.